One more time. Hi, and welcome to Title Health on Point. I'm Roger Fallabout, Director of Strategic Communications at Title Health Peninsula Regional and across the health system and the host of your show today. It's December 14 as we tape the program. And right now, COVID-19 vaccine is on its way to hospitals and health systems across the country to begin the first wave of healthcare vaccinations. Back on the program with us to discuss this is Dr. Catherine Fiddler. She is our Vice President of Population Health, and she is also the lead of Title Health's Vaccine Administration Program. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Roger. It is always great to have you on the show, and welcome back. Thanks so much. Okay, here we go. Roger, here we go, and we are very excited to get started with eradicating this pandemic. So you have been passionately involved in this COVID-19 effort here at Tidal Health Peninsula Regional really since the first case uh, came to light on the shore. You must be uh, terribly excited. And What are your thoughts right now as, as we're right on the cusp of maybe making a significant impact on this virus? I think for many of us, it's all sorts of emotions. I'm really excited. I'm nervous, you know, hesitant. You know, we're hearing all of the concerns of the community. But I think at this time, I think the thing that I feel the most is hope. I'm hopeful that we will be able to move forward successfully and end this pandemic. So, you know, I know, and the community knows, it's been out there on the media for for weeks now, that the initial supply is very limited. And we are following CDC recommendations on the distribution of the vaccine. And we're rolling it out in phases uh, at Tidal Health. Can you explain to our listeners and our viewers how that process is going to work? Yeah, and I think it's important to understand that we've been doing this for four to six weeks, these day day after day meetings to talk about how we're going to deploy this vaccine. What we're doing is focusing on our healthcare workers, though, just taking care of the patients with COVID first. So everyone within our healthcare system, we've got over 5,000 employees, physicians, other providers, and we're looking at those who touch um, and are in front of patients with COVID each and every day. We know that not every one of our employees is gonna wanna take the vaccine and that's okay. We're getting lists of every single employee who wants to take the vaccine and starting to schedule them for when we have delivery of the vaccine. So phase one, I assume would be those who have direct contact with COVID positive patients, right? And, and who would that be, for instance? So take our ER staff. As you walk into um, our emergency department, we don't know if you have COVID or not. So these folks are most at risk while we're waiting for tests to come back and things. So our ER, our ICU, our COVID units, various other places. But we also know our patient registration, our lab, our x-ray, every one of us probably has some patient-facing interaction opportunity during our time working within the healthcare system. So we're really looking at direct patient care first. That's really 1A. Um, and then indirect care. If you look at the CDC guidelines, it is all healthcare personnel, direct and indirect patient care. So second wave, I'm thinking folks like food and nutrition, environmental services, those who would have the contact potentially with COVID positive patients, not frontline, not day to day, not directly at the bedside, but could be there. Am I right? Correct. We know that every single one of the individuals in our healthcare system, especially in the acute care setting and our ambulatory setting has an opportunity to be exposed, to be at risk, and then to put our patients at risk. So guys like me, uh, non-clinical and no patient contact, I'm assuming that we come toward the end, but we'll still be in that initial vaccination phase of healthcare employees. When do we reach out to um, the physician offices, the employed offices uh, and the specialty practices that, that we own as title? health. 
So all of our, all of our um, health system owned resources really come in that first wave. It's just prioritizing that very front patient facing, the acute care settings we believe and we're working to have them go first, but all of them are really in that phase 1A, the very first recommendation from CDC. So I think it'll depend on how many individuals want the vaccine uh, and then where do we program them in in the schedule and how, do we get, how much do we get delivered during the coming weeks. Seems like a pretty daunting task. It is. You've been working on this for a while, correct? We have. We've talked, you know, high level for the past couple months, knowing that it was on its way. We are working with um, the research network on one of the vaccines as well to see if we would want to participate. There's more than just the two that are getting approved right now, the Pfizer and Moderna. There's other vaccines in the pipeline. So we've been talking about this for several months. Uh, we should also mention, since we are multi-state, that Tidal Health Natacoke will be rolling out a similar program once the vaccine arrives up there too. Absolutely. All of the planning and the logistics have been done in concert with both organizations, knowing that we're looking to deploy it amongst the whole health system. But every state has different amounts of medication based on their their allotment from the federal government. So we know that Title Health Nanocoke is going to get their allotment sometime this week. We know that Title Health Peninsula will be getting their allotment sometime this week. And we know that Title Health Peninsula Regional will also be getting theirs this week as well. Not sure which date. One might come a day before the others, but we have the plans in place to receive them in the pharmacy and then work with our teams to deploy them. You mentioned this earlier in the interview, and thanks for doing so, that we've had a multidisciplinary team working on this for a long time. And one of the things that they decided as well was not to make this vaccination mandatory. However, it is highly encouraged that every member of our healthcare team become vaccinated what have you been telling the staff to get them encouraged to do so? So I think what we've been telling the team is everything that we know from the CDC on down. We've gone and looked, we've had the opportunity to have Dr. Anna Durbin from Hopkins educate our physicians, our practice groups, our community about the safety and efficacy of the vaccine based on the research studies that she's been part of or understood. We've also been looking at the CDC website, sharing that information with our staff, because what we want is our staff to make the best and most informed decision for themselves and for their family. That's what we're looking for from our, from our team. 40,000 people in the Pfizer study. So we know that a lot of people have been involved in the testing of this vaccine. I think it's interesting that what I'm hearing in the community from people who are on the fence or or have made a decision that they're not going to get vaccinated isn't because of the speed of bringing the vaccine to the market and, and to healthcare institutions. It's rather the side effects, and people are concerned about the side effects. Valid concern? I think any um, the receipt of any vaccine is always a wonder of what, what will I feel like after I get that. There are valid side effects um, from this vaccine. Number one is pain at the injection site. Um, that for me isn't a game changer personally because I have pain every time I get a vaccine. It's very much like a flu shot, correct? Exactly. Uh, some of the other things are general malaise or low-grade fever. This is the reaction that the, of the body saying, I'm getting ready to become immune to a virus. So it's a normal reaction, but it's still uncomfortable. And people have to have to understand that that could be a side effect. So knowing this, I'm assuming as well that we have decided, for instance, I'll take the, the ICU. We know we're not going to vaccinate the entire ICU staff because of potential side effects. So how are we doing that? We're, we're staggering maybe half the staff and, and maybe half from, an, uh, from another unit so that we're not vaccinating a single unit at one time? 
Yeah, so we've let the managers work on the scheduling of their staff, but absolutely, we don't want to schedule all of an entire team the very first day. We know that most of these side effects and symptoms um, after receiving the vaccine are gone within 24 to 48 hours. We've set up a schedule for about the next five to six days to provide that vaccine. So whenever we receive it, we have a little bit of time um, to get that deployed to all the various areas in the hospital. So we vaccinate our healthcare team, and then we vaccinate the Taws Nursing Home, our staff down there in Crisfield, and our attention then turns to the community. And I know that we will, if not taking the lead, be assisting the health department in their effort. How far off do you think we are from a general community vaccination? Wow. So that's the million dollar question. I think what we're trying to understand nationwide is how fast can this vaccine be um, be made and then deployed throughout the country because it is it does require that deep freeze. Understand that in the past four to six weeks, Title Health has not been working alone in this. We've been partnering with our health departments and the State Department of Health in Delaware. We have also been working with our community agencies. We do know that on the long-term care facility side, it's going to be a partnership with CVS, Walgreens, and other pharmacies that are going to do the actual vaccination for staff and residents within our long-term care facilities. So we're all working together to when we get this vaccine, we're going to continue to vaccinate our staff. But if we get extra doses that we can vaccinate more and start with the community, we'll then assist the health department if they haven't gotten yet enough to do first responders, community offices that aren't owned us, other, other healthcare um, employees throughout the community. We've had a great relationship with the health department. We've established a hotline together. We opened a second day of COVID testing, working with the health department. What will Title Health's role be assisting them? Is it going to be providing the clinicians to do the vaccination? Is that what you think will will be our primary involvement in a community clinic? So that's the ask typically from the health department. They have the supplies, the state gives them the supplies, the federal government moves the supplies to the individual health departments, but they need help with staff and also garnering the engagement of the staff. We know at Title Health, we have a strong community partnership with many agencies. So we've been leveraging that on the phone calls that we're having with the state. We've already gotten Salisbury University and the University of Maryland Eastern Shore raising their hand and saying, we wanna do whatever we can do to help you the pharmacy team at UMES, as well as all of the clinical teams that are at SU are more than willing to help in any way they can. And the health department's well aware. So we're going to get us all rocking and rolling together. That's awesome. And I think if I understand correctly that the CDC also highly recommends a 15 minute observation period after the vaccination, which means we probably can't do these as drive-through clinics like we do with the seasonal flu shot, right? And that's that's the great challenge and the constraint. How do you park all those cars in one parking lot when you want throughput? So I believe that the, the county here, Wicomico County, is looking at the Civic Center. We're looking at other large-scale venues where we can bring people in one door, bring them out another door, but give them a safe place to wait for 15 minutes. The other thing we didn't touch on, and we should before we close the program, is the fact that this is really a two-shot vaccination. It is. So the first shot, um, the second shot needs to be received within 21 days, 17 to 21 days after that initial vaccination. And then you don't have immunity for another seven days after that. So it's very important that everyone receive both vaccines and then they'll have that immunity, which is so critical to um, getting through this pandemic. Like the flu, I suspect that COVID will always be around in some form or fashion. Um, You mentioned a $3 million question before. Let me ask you another one. Do we ever eradicate this virus? 
You know, we haven't eradicated flu. It's a virus that's ever changing, um, but we do manage the flu well. We have the we have treatments. We have the ability to vaccinate people, and so I would hope that at worst, that's what we could do with COVID if there's no way to completely eradicate it. Let me get you out of here on this question. Steve Leonard, our CEO of Title Health, recently said, and let me cheat my notes here. While the past several weeks and months have been challenging, there is reason to be optimistic. How great is that feeling? I can tell you this this has been a long year for healthcare providers. Um, the fatigue is evident in many people's faces, but seeing that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, seeing our community once again come together, be willing to raise their hand and say, I'll volunteer to help, what can I do? It just it just shows that we really are an amazing place to be, to live and work and play. Absolutely. Dr. Catherine Fiddler, thank you for being on the program. Thanks for stepping up as well to lead the vaccination process and procedures here at Tidal Health. Appreciate that very much. And that will do it for this edition of Tidal Health On Point. We remind you that the very latest information on COVID can always be found on our website at mytitlehealth.org. As we mentioned on the show, we are still partnering with the Wicomico County Health Department to do COVID-19 screenings. If you would like to participate in one of those, please call the hotline. You must register to do so and that number is 410-912-6889 again 410-912-6889 for dr katherine fiddler i'm roger fallabout thanks for tuning in we'll see you soon on another episode of title health on points 